Thanks for tuning in to the Dope Vision Experience Podcast. Your boy, Frank Nitty. I'm back for another episode, man. I know it's been a while, man. I've been away. Yes, I've been away for a few weeks, man. But I have something, you know, some exciting news, man. I've been away because I've had a newborn. Yes, I've had a newborn baby, man. And this has been a wonderful time for me. It's been a stressful time. It's no sleep. As you know, if you're a parent, then you already know how it is, man. It's just, you know, those first couple of months, you're not getting much sleep at all because you're, you know, you're on the baby's time every two hours, every two and a half hours, it's time to feed. So all throughout the night, it's this sacrifice that you make as a parent. You know, you already know this is gonna happen. If you've had a child before, you already know that this is gonna happen. So you 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 try to prepare yourself, but you can't prepare yourself for just not getting enough sleep. You know, my wife and I, we try to do our, you know, rotations and different things like that. But, you know, of course, you just get tired, man. You know, each and every night, all day long, you're you're changing pampers, you're 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 feeding and you're trying to, you know, rock the baby to sleep. And you just give them a lot of attention. But also you have other kids as well. So I now have three beautiful queens. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. You know, I love having kids. I love having kids around. And when I'm not with my kids, man, I get so uh, anxious. I'd be so like, I got to get back to my kids because I want to know what they're doing. You know, even though they're just in the house in the other room, I just want to be around them. And as, as, as a dad, you know, that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful thing because I did have my, I did have my dad and my mom in my life, you know, fortunate. I was fortunate enough to have that. And I want that to be the same for my kids. I want to have them to have a two parent household and grow up with their father and grow up with their mother. And so that they can have that that equal balance between the two, you know. You know, sometimes I'm stern, sometimes I'm nice, you know, and it's vice versa for my wife. You know, it's a give and take in it's a give and take in the household about, you know, with the kids. So we, you know, we try to do our best as uh as human beings and you know, we're all kind of broken in our own way, you know, because our parents were broken and they're raising broken kids and we're giving we're giving birth and we're raising broken kids because we were broken. But we're trying to break those we're trying to break those curses and trying to change things for the different generations. But you know, we're all flawed we're all flawed human beings and things happen. And so I'm trying to do my best to, you know, they start off as a blank slate and you're trying to mold them and try, trying to um, make them into the best possible human being that they can possibly be, man, and be uh, and be a good person and, and, and contribute to society. And you want them to kind of live a full and healthy life. And that's all you ask for. You know, you do your best as you do your best as an adult and you try to teach them where, you know, when they fall short, you understand that, you know, everybody makes mistakes. But just being a dad, man, it's a wonderful feeling, man. And I know I know I've been away. And I've been missing you guys. Each and every week, I'd be like, man, I got to go and record. I'm going to go and record. But, man, it just you get busy, you know, with kids' activities and, you know, just household things, fatherly duties, mother, uh, husbandly duties, just, you know, keeping the house afloat, you know, cars, maintenance, and all this stuff. You just life, man. Life just kind of comes at you fast, especially those first couple months with the newborn and trying to get adjusted. You know, the kids trying to get adjusted to a little sister. You know, they're, they're just being the helpers that they are. And I love it that they, they are being the, the best helpers in the world. You know, I don't let them do a lot all the time. Um, but I'm starting to let them do a little bit more because they have to kind of learn that, you know, she's a human being too. She's not a baby doll because sometimes they want to treat her like a baby doll and they want to primp her up and, you know, brush her hair and comb her hair. And, you know, that's okay. But we have to teach them to be gentle with her because she's small and she's fragile. And we have to make sure that she's okay and we don't we don't tug on her too hard. We don't pick up her head. We don't pick her up when she can't, you know, have head support. Just different little things, you know, that kids don't quite understand. But they're learning, you know, they're learning to adjust with their little sister in the house. And I'm happy that they're not jealous of her. You know, they are they are welcoming her and they are understanding when we say, hey, we have to do something for the baby. They understand. But I also try to make sure that I don't leave them out and don't give them attention as well. So I try to do my best as trying to, you know, spread out my 
my time evenly. Sometimes it doesn't go as planned, but I try to do my best. I still take them to the activities every other day that they have. You know, I, I pick them up, I drop them off at school, pick them up and drop them off at the activities. I'm involved with the activities. I did coach them, coach them this summer for their baseball. Um, I'm probably going to get them in some other activities as well. They're already doing gymnastics. Um, they're doing kickboxing, jujitsu. Probably going to get them back into swim. You know, just all the little things that. I didn't have when I was a kid, you know, I only played baseball and football, but I want them to, you know, be around other kids and be social, you know, and I'm not necessarily, I'm not pushing them into activities. I let them kind of give me the cues that they want to try something. And then that's when I kind of go out and I let them, you know, I put them in those different sports and make, and these activities, man, these activities for kids are not cheap. I don't know when it started, but it seems like it's a, it's more than a business than anything. It's not about the kids and uh, learning the sports or you know having fun with each other no this is this is more or less like a business and i i understand i get it you know everybody has a business around everybody has a, has to has to make money but when you i feel like they're overcharging parents for kid activities because they know that we want to do the kids want to do activities and so they're charging and then that that basically kind of x x's out a lot of kids who can't afford you know especially me with my kids they're similar in age you know i got they're not eight and six and so they're kind of playing the same sports you know and so when you go when you, you're charging somebody 350 dollars for one sport for eight weeks or nine weeks when you have multiple kids that that gets expensive you know that, that gets really expensive and if you have more you know more than two kids i can imagine like you know but i do my best you know i work hard and i try to make sure that they get you know i, I don't want them to you know be without or not have the ability to be in these different activities and sports because dad couldn't afford it. So I work hard to make sure that they can have it. But I just want to say, man, these activities, are, they're just, it's, it's outrageous the prices that they be charging for different things now. And in and, and these sports, you don't even require a lot. Like for basketball, it's not even, you don't even require a lot. It's just a ball, a rim, and a jersey. That's it. Like, what, what are we doing? Why are we charging three fifty for that type of stuff? Okay, the gym. You know, I can understand the gym fees or something like that. But, you know, it's just a little. I feel like it's a tad bit overcharged. But, um, like I said, man, I've been wanting to talk to you guys. There, there's been a lot of stuff going on. We have the we had the the yay stuff, and then we had the the Kyrie stuff, which has been kind of crazy. That's kind of you know kind of took the world by storm by the things that happened. The yay with the anti-Semitic, you know, rhetoric that he did. You know, he tweeting different things, and and the next thing you know, he wakes up and he loses you know one of his major deals he loses major deals from from uh from adidas you know they they're trying to let we're gonna let him go we just gotta figure out how we want to break out the splits and then you know he loses his gap deal and loses other deals but let's see i was like these these companies that he's uh, partnering with they're deciding to okay we're no longer going to partner with you buddy because we don't like the way that you're going and the things that you're saying and he feels like you know he can say what he wants under the free speech guideline, but there are consequences when you when you speak out to somebody. It's not necessarily against you know just the uh, the Jewish community. It could be out of pretty much anybody. If you say something negative, you have to be you have to be ready to um, uh, handle the consequences that comes your way because they're going to come. And especially when you're talking about the Jewish community, when they are um, a, a community that's very tight knit, they're like the LGBTQT LGBTQT community. They are very tight knit. And if you say something about them negatively, they will band together and they will they will make their voice known. And with that happening, you know, he basically got the axe. He goes from being a billionaire to losing five hundred million in one day. 
Like that has to be the biggest, that has to be one of the biggest fall for, for a figure like Ye, you know, a, a rapper. He's still, well, he's probably more of an entertainer now because that's what he's doing. He's trying to, he's entertaining. He's putting on when he gets on these cameras. He's talking, he's trying to rile people up, you know? And I don't know, I don't know the reason why. Like why, what's the end goal to all this? Why are you talking all this sideways? Like if you have a problem with somebody in the industry and they're of the Jewish community, don't just talk, say just a blanket statement about the Jewish community. No, you need to be calling out the people who are causing you harm. Like these people who are, call, call, are blocking you or hating on you or doing whatever to make you feel slighted, man, call them people out, man, call these names out. Say this guy at, you know, this guy at uh, uh, Balenciaga Fashion House, John Doe said, you know, blah, blah, blah this. And, you know, Mark Stein or, you know, this particular company, he did this and he did that. You know, like if you're going to call him out, call him out. Don't say the blanket statement because that's when you that's when you put the nail in the coffin of your own career. You know, he's giving us these amazing albums and he's been he's been, you know, you know, relying on that and, and, and relying on the community to, you know, stick with him through all this type of stuff you know but at some point you know we're gonna get tired of it. we're gonna get fed up with it and it's gonna be all right man we know listen we no longer listen to it to his music but he has some incredible albums i know that that graduation is one of my favorite albums and you know that kind of got me through some tough times man back when i was you know coming up when that album dropped man that, that album was like it's like a uh a moment in time in my life and whenever i hear it it just takes me back to that moment i'm pretty sure you guys have you know albums like that you know he got a couple of albums like that i'm pretty sure you know he has the late registration you got you know graduation dropout life of pablo you got a few of those albums that like when you hear those albums it take you back to a time you know when you were doing something or going through something you know and it kind of got you through it. and so they kind of remind you that you know this is something positive but then when you start you know you get you get um get the community behind you and you shit on you basically shit on the, you shit on the community until you actually need them when you need us, that's when you try to you try to get you try to come back to us. And when you dropping some you dropping some new you know shoes or you dropping some new merch or something like that, that's when you try to get the attention up to get us back involved. But he just doesn't understand that we we rock with you, yay. You know what I'm saying? We we've watched you grow from a producer to a rapper, you know, into a, a star to a megastar. We watched you. We watched your growth, and we were there with you, bro. Like. If you got a problem with somebody, call them people out, man. Don't be just calling out a whole community, bro. Like that's not the way that that's not how you go about it. You know, he had he went on the drink champs and he had, you know, said all these crazy different things and especially the nasty thing that he said about George Floyd. Like, bro, like you see that that is a soft spot for, you know, the black community, bro, to watch, you know, George Floyd lose his lose his life with a knee on his neck from a, a fucking dirty ass, you know, cop like that. That hurts. To say he didn't die by the knee on the neck bro we watched it happen what the fuck you mean we we watched it happen like we literally with our own two eyes the world seen it the world got he that that death galvanized the world to come together for one instant one moment in time like it sparked something in the world to watch him lose his life from a knee to the neck and then for you to just go on and drink champ just say ah oh, man you know, he didn't die he didn't die for this like bro what are you talking about bro like you just be talking sideways talking about you know you are you you bigging up hitler and all this type of stuff and nazis and like bro what is what is you like what is you doing bro like did you read the history books like what history what history books are you reading that that we don't know about like what are you talk what are you talking about who are you around that's, that's spilling this in your ear because 
I'm quite sure he's not sitting around reading about this stuff. Are you YouTubing it's conspiracy theories or something? Like, what's the deal? Like, who who is giving you this information for you to go on these platforms and just regurgitate it, bro? Like, this is crazy. Like, in my mind, I think we shouldn't even be able to see murder and death on timelines, on social media. Now, I understand Twitter is one of the most popular and most, you know, uh, lively type of social media platforms when there's an issue going on because it's real time. Um, so I don't think we should be seeing that type of stuff. We shouldn't see murders and death and, you know, things like that. I understand we have to see, you know, for our eyes, let us know that things are happening, but I don't think it should be, re I don't think it should be played over and over and over, you know, at times because that desensitize us to death. Like I shouldn't have to when someone when someone of the black community passes away or just in general someone passes away that every time I go down my feed that's what I see I see the dead body I see the shooting I see like we saw uh, God rest the dead we saw the nip we saw the, we saw the, the the nip shooting you know we saw takeoff shooting you know God bless the dead you know rest in peace to those individuals like we shouldn't be able to see these individuals lose their life over and over and over again on our timelines like i don't think that's right but back to the point but so yay just he needed he got to chill bro he got he got to definitely chill on what he what he's been what he's been spewing because that's not the way to do it bro like if you got an end goal you know you figure out a way to how to get your package your message and you get it out the right way and you just going on these podcasts and these different platforms and you just saying stuff and then just getting the um you getting clickbaits because they're, they're they're chopping it up and they're basically making you look crazy and you lose and you're losing deals because you're talking about how different banks are freezing his money and different stuff that's happening like he's saying these things but i just feel like he's just a hurt dad you know because we've already we already witnessed him you know he was screaming crying that he couldn't get to his daughter's birthday party and they wouldn't give him the address and he claimed that they're kidnapping her kim and the rest of the family the kardashian family kidnapping the kids and keeping them away from his kids and he had to get travis to basically give him an address like bro he just to me he feels like he's just a hurt dad you know all this just stems back from him not being able to be in his child's life like he want to he chased kim he wanted her he got her got the baby's by got got up got married to her and then he ended up basically getting divorced and now he can't see the kids he got you know i don't even know if he's doing you know uh split custody or you know however whatever you call it when they both had joint custody or whatever like he just it just seems like this is the probably be the root cause of it man just not being able to be around your kids i know that feeling man when you can't get around your kids and it just it's just displaced anger you know what i mean he's just taking it out on every any and everything because he can't get what he wants bro if you just get if you just sit down i'm pretty sure if you just sit down with the family and you say hey man like look i really want to be in my kid's life what do i have to do what can we do what can we work out like i'm i'm the dad it's not like he got one or two got a couple of kids by her so if i'm, I'm pretty sure if he figure out a way to kind of calmly come to them you know here they'll, they'll they'll basically give him some type of uh leeway and say all right man we'll let you get him on this day or that day or this weekend that weekend and that would give him but instead when you kind of you constantly going on these different platforms you spewing all this stuff man it becomes to toxic and they don't want to be around you and they don't think it's going to be fit enough for the kids to be around you. we've already seen when they're talking about you don't have your mental health together because you had a breakdown and you had to go you're considered bipolar like are this about are these bipolar rants like are you on a medication like what's going on but I'm pretty sure there's going to be more that's going to come out with that. And what that did, that set the table for what happened the next week when Kyrie 
you know, Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets tweeted out a link from his from his Twitter page to a movie from Prime Video. Basically had a lot of um, Jewish anti-Semitic rhetoric or, you know, hate in the in the documentary. I think it was called from from slave from Hebrews to slaves or slaves to Hebrews. I forget the exact title. Don't quote me. Uh, but he did tweet it out with no context on it. And I figured if he had some context to that, I don't think it would have been a problem. But he didn't have any context to it. And we don't when you put things out there with no context, that leaves it up to the people's imagination to figure out what you're talking about. And they can say whatever they want to. So he was asked about it. And then what he do as Kyrie, disturbing guy he is, he doubled down on it. So, bro, you're just gonna double down on it. They've, they've already, they've already let let you know, like, hey, this is this is what it is. This is anti-Semitic. Like, what are you doing? Like, we're, we're asking you about it, and you doubling down on it. And said, had he just came out and said, hey, look, I watched this documentary. Um, I felt there there were some things in the documentary that I agree with. There were some things that I didn't disagree with. That I didn't agree with it. The anti-Semitic part of it, I didn't necessarily agree with it. But this is something I want to share on my platform to help people enlighten people of certain things. If he comes out and he explains it in a way that is kind of digestible versus just leaving it out there, oh, bro, they can you leave it up to interpretation. They're gonna write whatever they want. They're gonna spin it to however they want. And what they did was they spent it in the direction of basically like almost like hate. Like you're, you're, promote, you're promoting something that's hateful. And so that had to get the basketball organization involved. You've already been involved with them too because you already didn't want to do the vaccination. We went through that whole ordeal with them. And then you turn around, you have this issue, have this situation with them. And so they suspended them. Suspended them for five games and then they had to make them do this, this long laundry list of things. He tried to give them, he tried to donate 500,000 to the ADL, you know, the Anti-Defamation League. They didn't feel like it was sincere. They gave the money back. So now he has to give he gave, had to give money, and you got to go through all these different all these different um, hoops to get back into the and get back into the league and get back on the team and start playing back with the team, which I think that was like kind of made up on it. They were kind of like, hey, we have to do something. What do we have to do? Let's come up with something. Let's come up with a game plan on punishment for him. They basically made that out on the fly. And also, I think that you know when black men step out or they step over they step over the line, we get punished. We get punished severely. They put you out in front of everybody and they whip you and they give you the punishment. And they, they make you go through all these hoops and they make you go through all these dances. They, they snatch all they snatch all your your deals. The Nike already said they're no longer gonna be in partnership with them, what they was already in question with. Um, they're no longer gonna work with them. They're not gonna release his latest his last shoe that they were going to release, possibly. And so I'm sure at some point they may can revisit that. But now they're saying that they're not going to release the last shoe that he has. You know, he loses Nike deal. I'm pretty sure he has other endorsements that he's probably lost as well. So, man, it's just like they do this to us. They go out and they snatch all these different things. But if a white person or some other person of another community say something about the black community, if they say nigga or whatever on stage, they just say, oh, I'm sorry. And they keep it moving. You know, they don't they don't get down there. They don't get, put them out in the public eye and take them and whip them and put them through the media, drag them through the media for days upon days. They drag Kyrie through the media days upon days. But they didn't do that to Jerry Jones when his photo came out, when he was photographed at a as a 15 year old boy at a high school when the black kids were trying to integrate into the school. He's there. And he's like, oh, uh, I was just there because I was curious. And yeah, fucking right. You knew what was going on. You knew you know what's going on. You know the climate that you're living in. I understand that he's a 15 year old boy and he might not know everything about it. But you know that the blacks and the whites were not together. 
and you knew that this was going to be the first opportunity that a black person could come to your school and you know what kind of um, backlash with your friends and with their friends parents were talking about you kind of know what's going on even at a 15 year old so he's there to see what's going on but he was just curious but they didn't drag him through the, they didn't drag him through the mud about that it was just like they it was a blip and it kind of moved on but where Kyrie is just like it drug on and on and on and I'm like bro like y'all just gonna continue to beat him over the head why weren't there anybody there to say hey look let's use this as a teachable moment let's figure out how we can get him some knowledge on the things that he feel like that are hateful let's figure out how we can kind of give him some information to kind of help sway him and change his mind or enlighten him on the things that he's talking about and why these things are you know considered hateful or anti-semitic towards the, the Jewish community the Jewish community but we've already know that Kyrie is a different kind of guy, different kind of guy. He he marched to his own beat of his own drum. You know, his his mother was of a, a, a Indian uh, descent. And so, you know, he has some strong opinions about different things. And we know that and they know that about Kyrie. So he shouldn't I don't think they should just continue to just beat him over the head and drag him through the mud just for something that he for something that he did. But we know we don't hold the same accountability towards the Amazon Prime when they are the platform that that hosts this this hateful that they consider a hateful documentary. Like, why aren't they getting on Prime? Like, these are the people who are hosting this type of stuff. If they're hosting it and you are not going out to them, but you're going out to the person who actually, you know, tweeted about it or, you know, brought it to other people's attention. Why aren't you going out to Amazon and say, hey, Amazon, like, we know this is an anti-Semitic um, movie. We need you to pull this down. We need you to remove it. Why? Why? We know that they have a face to it. Jeff Bezos is the is the owner. He's the CEO. He's the founder. Go after him. Like, why aren't they? Why aren't they doing? Why aren't they going after these executives who are allowing this type of stuff to be on the platform? Like, we got to start holding everybody accountable. You can't pick and choose when you want who you want to hold accountable. Uh, hold accountable for things. It has to be. It has to be everybody. Because if it was a crime and somebody did, they're gonna get everybody who was involved with it. They're gonna go round up everybody. Oh, you knew about it? Oh, you coming too. You didn't have to do it. You didn't do it. You didn't necessarily do it, but you knew about it. You knew about it after the fact. You knew about it before, before it went down. Oh, you you, you ate in the bed? Oh, yeah, we want you to because you, you was involved with it. But, but they don't do that when it comes to these platforms because, believe it or not, I don't know if you guys know, but Amazon hosts pretty much a third of the internet. The third of the internet is run through uh, Amazon. And what I mean by that, those services that you're using, like, you know, uh, Netflix and you know who, all these different all these different companies AWS on AWS servers Amazon Web Service that's what this means that's what the internet runs through all these different companies are hosting their hosting their, their platforms on different things on Amazon they got they, I'm pretty sure they got contracts with the U.S. government like, like they're they're tied in so deep and so entrenched in the in the fabric of the uh, of the world in America that. They don't want to ruffle the feathers because if you do, what are you going to do about it? He has everybody by the balls. He's giving you your packages in two days. And you're getting free returns with Amazon Prime. Like, what are you going to do? How are you going to complain? He's giving you the videos. He's giving you money. He's giving you Thursday Night Football. He's giving you, he giving you what you want to see. He's giving you these these um, these shows. He's giving you the rappers on the, on your, on the platform. They, he's giving you all this different stuff. Plus, he's doing the back end of all your work things. So when you go to work and you need to log in, you need to get on the internet, you're probably going through the AWS server. So they don't want to ruffle any feathers. But, but Kyrie, we see you, bro. We can come after you. We can hold you accountable. But like I said, man, these guys are just high, just high paid employees. I keep telling y'all, just because these guys are making millions of dollars, LeBron, KD, 
uh, Kyrie, any of them, bro. They're just high paid employees. They still have to answer to somebody. If they if they do something out of line, their organization, their management team is going to say, hey, look, we need you to go sit down. We need this from you. You do this. You do that. Yes, they are, you know, above our living wages because they're making millions upon millions. But at the same time, they got a manager, too, bro. They ain't as free as you think they are. They're employees as well. And if they want them $35 million, $40 million, they're going to do what they got to do to get it. It's no different. It's no different nobody making $100,000, $50,000, $30,000. It's no difference, bro. Like, they still have to answer to somebody and they have management over them as well. But like I said, man, I just wanted to... But like I said, they just... Um, basically, Ye just set the table. He set, he set the table, and for those couple of weeks, he just served them up, man. They just ran, they ran the black man through the ringer. They ran him through the ringer, bro. The media just beat him down, but they don't say nothing about Brett Favre. Stealing from the poor black people in Mississippi, my hometown, my city, my state. He in there with the welfare fraud, him and the governor, they all in, they all in cahoots together, but they don't get no coverage about that. Ain't nobody going to jail about that. Ain't nobody going, ain't, no, ain't nobody telling him he need to go through some programs. It's all about who you know at the end of the day. So, man, I just want to talk about those couple of things. Like I said, man, these have been on my mind. I've been meaning to get with you guys. I miss you guys. Um, I definitely have some stuff coming for you guys, man. Um, I gotta get, I'm going to get back on track. I love it. I miss it. I miss you guys. I hope you miss me, too. You know, continue to tap in with me. I'm going to have some special stuff coming soon. So, man, this is what you, I hope you guys have a happy holidays. Continue to rock with your boy. Like I say each and every week, it's collaboration over competition. Believe in yourself and be inspired. This is your boy, Frank Nitty. I'm out. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to grab some merch, canvas prints for your home or office, or see the full-length video from this episode, please visit dovision.com. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at dovisionsf. Also, send me an email of someone you'd like to hear on the podcast at dovisionsf at gmail.com. Also, please join the Dovision Club at patreon.com forward slash Dovision for early access to the content and some of the behind the scenes look of some of the episodes that I create. While you're listening, don't forget to hit, hit the subscribe button and comment on the podcast as well as my YouTube channel and turn on those post notifications so that you'll be notified each and every time I drop a new episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, collaboration over competition. Until next time, this is your boy Frank Nitty and I'm out.